Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is an author, a speaker, someone who has an inspiring story and journey to share with us about living on purpose. And that's why she got invited to the show. This is Mary Reckhammer Meyer. Mary, welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Mary, there's always a reason why people get to come to Live on Purpose Radio. And you've got a story that includes some challenges, um, overcoming obstacles or adversity. I mean, this is a common theme here at Live on Purpose Radio. Could you share with us, with all of our listeners here today, just a little bit about what your journey has been? What is that story that has brought you to Live On Purpose Radio here today? Can you share that with us? Well, I would be happy to. I think I have to go back to, I went through a divorce in my Mm mid-40s, and I was a stay-at-home mom. I had four children, and I had worked three years part-time, but I didn't really see the divorce coming, and yeah, I knew we had some problems, but it just wasn't on my radar at all. So I just felt kind of blindsided. And I guess actually there were days I just couldn't even get out of bed. That's how bad it was. Like, where do you go from here? How do you support yourself? What do you do? And it was during a time when I didn't even have a credit card in my name. And wow. so you, you kind of take the baby steps, I guess. And you think, well, I can stay here and be a victim to this, or I can at least go out and support myself. So I went to work full-time, and I started going to school nights. And it's rather a long story. I tell it all in my book. But I ended up getting my bachelor's degree when I was 50. And I ended up starting my own insurance agency when I was 51. And so my children were out of the house by then. And I was feeling, you know, pretty good about myself. And and so I started out in sales. And Going into it, I wasn't even sure I could sell, but I've been telling stories and helping people for years. So Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this will be a good fit. But you know, about a year into that, uh, into my agency, I found out I could sell. But I went to a conference and I heard this speaker and he talked about the six areas of balance in your life. And I sat there and I cried because although I could run the business and do very well, These other areas, the spiritual area, the health and wellness, the relationships, the emotional. I I was just like, how do you do all these at the same time? So at that, about a year, well, no, it was, uh, that was a year into it. And then shortly after that, I went to another meeting that he had and he agreed to coach me. So I, I learned a lot of disciplines, a lot of things from him, and that really became, came the disciplines, if you will, that allowed me to learn how to navigate this and how to find this balance in my life. And then fast forward to three years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer 
And I was told over the phone that uh, I had cancer, actually. And I was later told at that time I probably had six weeks to live. That's how bad it was. Wow. And I had been going from doctor to doctor and fallen through the cracks. Um, it was it was pretty much of a nightmare. And I realized early on that what had worked before when I went through the divorce, I think, I think at that time I used some of the anger to drive me forward. But I realized at this point, the anger wasn't going to help me. I had to release everything. I had to surrender it. And I had to be at peace about this. And uh, I found integrated treatment that I just didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. And I learned to visualize healing. To visualize healing. Yes. There's a lot captured just in that phrase. Right. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. I found integrated treatment. And before we could, uh, we saw one doctor and then we had an appointment with another doctor, but there was a protocol to get in. Mm. And so we knew what we were going to do, but we hadn't started treatment. And these treatments I didn't know existed in the United States. And so we came home and I said to my husband, what do we actually believe about prayer? Yeah. Do we believe, do, you know, do we believe in prayer? What do we actually believe? And my husband, I actually, we sat, talked about it for quite a while. And then he prayed with me and he prayed over me. And he ended up actually just commanding every cancer cell to leave my body. But then he started, he started saying, thank you that I was already healed. And it, and it was at that moment we wow. looked at each other and I kind of grinned and he kind of grinned. And it was, it was one of those surreal moments where you felt something like you felt like, hey, I am healed. But I, I would tell you there was also this outside chance I knew that I wouldn't be healed. And it was a total surrender. I had to be okay either way. Either and way. I, mm -hmm. Either way. And the anger wasn't going to get me there. It had to be a total surrender and knowing I had nowhere else to go. So. That is so interesting. I think sometimes the resistance that we feel to what it is. Right. You know, whether it's cancer or a divorce or finding yourself without means to support yourself and your family. Right. You've been through all of these things. To resist that sometimes makes it worse. Right. As opposed to, like you said, I think, did you use the word surrender? I did. Uh, which is kind of an acceptance. It's not giving up. No, no, it's a different definition for me of surrender than I ever knew before. It was like a knowing. No. It was like a falling backwards and you were going to be okay. With the, the trust fall, basically. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm picturing this... Uh, visualization that you came up with. In fact, uh, this is a, a key element in your book. The book, by the way, folks, is I Meant It for Good, Cohen, <laughs> a memoir of dreaming, visualizing, and becoming my authentic self. So really, this is your story. This is my story. That you've shared there in the book. Tell us a little more about the title, I Meant It for Good. What are you getting at there? Well, it's really interesting you ask that because I, when I was diagnosed three years ago, 
I was in Arizona, I was by myself and I woke up and I was incredibly ill. And I knew it was like nothing else I'd gone through before. Hmm. And I'd had, I was sick twice that winter and they said it was bronchitis, but it was like no bronchitis I'd ever had. And I also knew that I, that morning waking up, there was just something different about it. And I heard this voice in my head that said, they meant it for evil, I meant it for good. And right behind that, I heard Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I had known that Jeremiah 29, 11 verse for years. I clung to it during my divorce, but I'd never really heard the other one. I guess I knew, I mean, I'd heard it obviously, but it wasn't, it wasn't part of any verse that I really clung to. But from there, I clung to those two verses. And so uh, there was just something about it. And I, I talk about this in my book. I, at first, I thought it was meant for when I fell through the cracks in the medical community and I was going to expose these doctors. And then all of a sudden, I was journaling and I found integrative treatment that would save my life. So I thought maybe that was it. And then I thought, well, maybe it was the cancer just to help me surrender. But, you know, the truth of the matter is I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it could be yeah. something to do with today is what's going on as well as anything else. I meant it for good. Interesting. You know, it's, it's obvious to me that we can take on this topic from a, from a faith-based perspective and, and when I say the word faith, it's interesting because people of faith tend to self-identify as those who are believers in a higher power or in God, uh, or it has some kind of spiritual or religious roots for them. When, when I think about faith, Mary, I think about it from, yes, a, a spiritual perspective. I tend to be a spiritual uh, man of faith myself. But I think of it also from a psychological perspective, which I've developed a complete model for. Wow. And, but I have a code word for it. In psychology, I call it positivity. Now, that might, I, that's not going to come as a surprise to, to some of you listeners because you know me well enough to know uh, that this is the way we understand the workings of our own mind, and it is so driven by choice, but until you see it as a choice, it's not. Right. Have you experienced that as well? Well, I, I, I talk a lot in my book, too, about choices. We have a uh -huh. choice. We have a choice to um, create our life, visualize it, create it. Or we have a choice to be a victim and say, I'm too young, I'm too old, I don't have enough money, I can't do this. And, and it just stops us dead in our tracks. So unless we go back and, and really examine who we are, we can't get to be, can't, we can't get there from here. That, when you use the word victim, it triggered something for me because one of the fundamental choices we have is between that victim paradigm or worldview right. and one that I've labeled the agent. Uh, that's a word that I picked, but there's a lot of different words that we could use. Um, hero, 
Victor. <laughs> uh, what is the opposite of a victim? Um, and, and we attach some kind of believable story to that, like I'm too old or I can't afford it. Right. Mary, you got your, your college degree at what age? 50. <laughs> <laughs> and started your insurance agency the next year. Right. Are you, are you really too old? You know, I've got a friend, Mary Louise Zeller. Uh, some of you listeners have heard me reference Mary Louise before. She's well into her 70s and a sixth degree black belt at Taekwondo. Wow. She didn't even start till she was 45. Right. Sport. And now she's at, at one of the elite levels of this sport, wor recognized worldwide for her, her master, master's level accomplishments in this, in this field. We can get stuck in victim mode pretty easily. But well, and I, I think one of the things, too, is, you know, we, we all have adversities. Yours are going to be different yeah. than mine. Yeah. I'm, mine are going to be different than yours. Some of them are almost to the point where they're, they're really so bad, you just don't even know how you're going to get out of them. But the truth of the matter, we all have them. And so it's what we do with them. And if we, if we just can't get past them, we can't move forward. I love the way that you've set this up for us, Mary. When we come back from this break, I would love to learn a little bit more about what specifically you've learned about overcoming those obstacles or what principles we can apply. Does okay. that sound like a good conversation to you? Yeah, it does. Folks, we will be right back. This is Mary Reckimer Meyer at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll see you in just a minute. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me, drpauljenkins.com. And we're back. Mary Reckhammer Meyer at Live On Verbs Radio today. Author, coach, inspiring lady. Um, because, you know what, right before the break, Mary, you were saying, we all get to encounter adversity, right. hardship, challenges. Welcome to Earth. It's kind of how we roll, right? Right. And you said something about it's what we do with it that matters. I think, you know, when you mentioned visualization earlier, you kind of, it, it brings to mind, okay, get a picture of what it is you want to create. Because right. you're going to use that as a template to go actually create it. 
And uh, during the break, we were chatting a little bit about how maybe there's something even more fundamental than getting the picture in your mind. And it has to do with your values. Right. Talk to us about that. What have you learned? Well, like I said, I think I, I used to start with the end in mind, the visualization. But I right. realized with coaching, it's coming back and looking at the core values. What are your core mm -hmm. values? Do you believe in honesty and, and truth and love? And is that, do you want to create more of that? Or are you still angry and you have um, some things that you just that just don't feel quite right. The other thing I think is the core values you can get tripped up are if, if you're trying to set your goals for someone else and you're not being your authentic self and who you are. So what's inside of you? Who makes you you? Who, what is the authentic you? And I think we have to find that with the core values first before we can ever start. And then I think after that, it's a surrender. If you need to forgive somebody, if you need to forgive yourself, a clean slate, just surrender to the process because you can't get to that end goal where you want to visualize if you're angry and think you can't get there. The image that just popped into my head is maybe throwing yourself down on your path and, and pouting and throwing a little temper tantrum and insisting that you get to start from somewhere other than where you are. Right. And how, how unproductive that would be. That I, I know that's kind of a strange image, but. Well, it is a strange image, but I, I think we do that sometimes without knowing we do it. Like life right. shouldn't be this way. We shouldn't have to do all of this. Right. But you know, the truth of the matter, it is. So you can either move forward or again, you can be the victim. So. Here's where you are. Yeah. And what are your options to accept it or to throw a tantrum? Right. Maybe, I mean, because you can't insist that you be somewhere else. No. Ah, that, so the core values coming to your, you use the term authentic self. Right. We have to really understand who we are and what it is that we're all about. What's important. And from that place, then we can go out and create something. We can make something out of whatever the circumstances are that we've been given. But that really is a starting place. It sounds like that's where you had to go. Right. In order to pick yourself up. Right. When you're coaching, Mary, I know that you do some coaching with individuals and help them to, I like to put it this way, get out of their own way. Right. You chuckle a little bit because you know exactly what I'm talking about as a coach. If you were to give us some coaching today, say we're feeling stuck, you know, in front of some seemingly insurmountable odds. What would you coach us to do? Where would we start? Well, my coaching is more to take you back to look at your core values and find out who you are and then to set the, the goals in place. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, you really have to examine the whole thing. And, and I think we get tripped up sometimes by just not taking the steps to move forward. So at some point, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision, whether it's a small one, a bigger one. But if you just sit there, that's, you're not going to go anywhere. 
Mm. It's tempting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. To just stay put. And maybe, the, I don't know why that is. Is it our fear of what we don't it's, com- it's comfortable. It's comfortable to stay there to a certain extent. But then you have to examine, you know, it's like, I tell people this, they think I'm kind of nuts when I say this, but there were times in my life when I would say, all right, if you don't want to move forward, just stay where you're at. You know, I mean, you kind of have that talk with yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it, this came up with one of my clients recently as he was grappling with, uh, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to take that step? Am I going to risk or be brave, have courage, do the thing, or just kind of stay where I am? And he, he came to the conclusion that he really needed to change. So he gave voice to that. He said, I guess I just really need to do this. Right. And I surprised him a little with my response, Mary. I said, or not. <laughs> and I, I just had kind of that smart aleck look on my face, or not. Because I wanted to remind him of what you just pointed out. And I think this is so important. It's an option to stay stuck. Mm-hmm. Totally legitimate option. When we see it as a choice, who would want to choose that? Right. And you address this in your book as well. The, the dilemma sometimes that's created by choice. We don't always see it as a choice. Right. How do we get back to a consciousness about that choice? What have you found about that? Well, I think, I think that once you examine these core values and you surrender to this and decide, make the decision that you're going to move forward, that's when I like to do the visualization. So I like to have people look at themselves six years from now, not what they are now and what the six years looks like, but actually sit in a place six years from now. What does that look like to them? And then come back and create that life. So in order to do that, they have to visualize it first, but in order to come back and create it, then they have to start setting the the goals. So you have like six-year goals, three-year goals, 18-month goals. You have to break them all the way down to 90-day goals. And this is where people sometimes get lost between the everyday goal and the 90 days or the 180 or whatever. Mm. And so you can visualize all you want, but if you don't come back and put them in place and execute them, you can't walk through them, you can't get there. And then, and then the last step, I think, is just never, 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 never give up. You know, if you have a plan, if you can see it, and you do the baby steps, if you never give up, you'll get there. You know, Mary, for Father's Day this year, my daughter gave me a paint-by-number. Have you ever done those? Well, I did as a child, but I've seen some lately that look pretty phenomenal. And it's, I did some as a child as well. I haven't touched it since, but my daughter knows that I've got this creative side and I love puzzles and, and she kind of put all that together and she gave me this paint by number. Well, it's very elaborate. It's not like the ones that I did as a child. I mean, this is a fairly large canvas with very small areas to be painted and a whole palette of colors. So when you launch into this, this is the visual that came to my mind as you were sharing that you do the execution of, of daily 
goals that are geared toward taking you to the 90-day goal, which is geared toward bringing you to the 18-month goal or whatever, right? So we're breaking right. it down into small pieces. And I pictured these little blotches of some abstract color that I just painted in there. And after I do it, it doesn't look like anything. Right. And as I continue to do that, then some of these blotches start to come together and make some sense. And then as I do this little area, then I do this other little area, then those two areas come together and make sense. And I think that's a pretty good analogy for what you're talking about. Here. I think so too. You'll see this when you launch into your goals. You'll, you'll think, well, what difference is this making? That's making a big difference in the big picture, but you don't always see that in the day-to-day -day right. techniques that you're doing. That's why the visualization is important. You have to see what the bigger picture is. And then the little piece that you're painting right now is going to make a lot more sense. Right. I love that. And never give up. Glad you threw that part in because it's easy to get discouraged sometimes. Yes, it is. Because if you're taking the baby steps and painting the picture and just having those little pieces of color in there, mm -hmm. it's hard to stay focused and know that you're going to see a picture when you get done or that you're going to create something when you're done if you're just taking the baby steps back here. Right. But it's connecting all of them. It's connecting the dots to get to where you want and to know that you can create it or you can just stop and say, or not, I guess. <laughs> or not. Right. Oh, Mary, this is a fun conversation. Your book is called I Meant It For Good. And this is really a capture of your story and the principles that you have learned along the way. Yes. How can people best connect with you, with your book, your coaching? Would that be your website? That's yes. The place to go? Tell yes. us about that. Okay. The website is just maryreckhammermeyer.com, and I'll spell that for you. It's M-A-R-Y-R-E-C-H-K-E-M-M-E-R-M-E-Y-E-R.com. And so I, I have a blog. They can read more about me on there. There's more about my book on there. And also, I have a, a virtual class coming up this fall. Oh. And it will be um, once a month, we'll have a class. And it'll be taking a chapter from my book each month. But it'll be geared around goal setting and some of the concepts that we've talked about. And my okay. book is also, you can see the information on my website, but you can also find it on Amazon or it's on different places. You can Google it out there. So. Sure. It's funny, I always still ask, where can we get your book? Well, <laughs> duh. <Yeah. laughs> this is, these are the days when it'll just show up on your porch if you click all the right things. Right. So uh, let me repeat the spelling, and we'll put this in the show notes. Okay, so down in the description, folks, if you want to go check it out. Mary, spelled the way you would just assume, M-A-R-Y, Reckhammer, R-E-C-H, K-E-M-M-E-R, Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R. All of that's one word, MaryReckhammerMeyer.com. Did I get it right? You did. Awesome. Mary, thank you for joining me at Live On Purpose Radio today. It's been a pleasure to have this discussion with you. 
Well, it's been a joy for me. I think that means that we did it right, if we're both having fun. I think so. Hey folks, you've heard it. Hopefully something from our conversation today has inspired you to take whatever steps are next for you and really go out there and live on purpose.